communion meditation will be from Isaiah 54, verse 1. We're only going to look at the first sentence of this verse, but let me go ahead and read the whole verse. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Now, Paul quotes that verse and applies it to the church in Galatians chapter 4. And in my opinion, his application is absolutely fascinating. He takes a story that seems like it is just unique, that it's just like one of a kind, one in a million, one in a trillion, and yet he says, no, I want every one of you to be living just like Abraham uh, lived on that day. Uh, Paul, in context, had just finished saying that we should not imitate Abraham's example when he tried to fulfill God's promise of having a seed by saying, well, God's not doing it through Sarah, so he did it through Hagar, and he produced Ishmael. He says that was not a godly example. Don't imitate him on that. But imitate Abraham when he, by faith, produced Isaac. Now, was Abraham involved? Very much so. Yes, he was. But could he take credit? Absolutely not, because Sarah was way beyond the years in which she could bear a child. And so... Uh, Isaac was a miracle child, and uh, it was through Isaac that God was going to produce a multitude of nations. And Paul's point is that Christians can operate in the flesh like Abraham did when he produced Ishmael, or they can operate in the spirit like Abraham did when he produced Isaac. And when we deny that we are barren and we think we can accomplish God's will without his power, Uh, We're operating in our own strength, and God is not glorified. But when we recognize that we are barren, uh, or in the words of Paul, that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, or in the words of Christ, without me you can do nothing, when we recognize that, and yet we produce fruit, God is glorified because he alone could have produced that uh, through us. So Paul uses Abraham to tell us to walk in the spirit by faith, to not be trying to live the Christian life by our flesh. Now, with that as a background, I just want to look at the first sentence of this uh, verse, and we'll pick up on the later sentences on other communion um, meditations. First part of the sentence says, Sing, O barren. Now, the fact that we are barren, that we can't really do, produce anything spiritual in ourselves, should not make us give up in sadness, but that's the first temptation that we have, isn't it? Uh, Instead of thinking, because I am barren, I must depend upon the Lord, we tend to think, because I am barren, I can't do it, and I might as well give up, give up even trying uh, to do it. We've come to the wrong conclusion when we give up trying simply because we cannot do it. Paul wants us to come to the place where we realize, because we can't do it, I need to receive Christ's power so that he will do it through me. I'm still doing it, but it's by his strength that I am doing it. So when Isaiah says, sing, O barren, he's indicating that it's possible to uh, to acknowledge that we're barren and rejoice that God's power is sufficient in our lives. And I want you to notice when it is that he is singing by faith. 
It's not after we have received these spiritual children, the metaphorical children. It's before. He says, sing, O barren, you who have not born. So we should be so convinced of God's provision in our lives, we can rejoice in his provision before we even see it. We can confess it being a reality before God brings it into history. Okay, if God has promised something, from our perspective, it's as good as done. It should be as good as done. And God calls us to rejoice that it will be done even before we see the results. Now, years ago, I don't remember who wrote it, but I read an essay about Abraham having the laugh of faith. And I was a little skeptical, and I looked it up and said, really? Um, Sarah had a laugh of unbelief, uh, and God rebuked her for it. But Abraham had a laugh of faith. He believed God's promise. It was such an amazing promise that it delighted him. He laughed out of delight in God's promise. So it was a laugh of, of faith. And um, he, that author, his uh, application was, when we are faced with impossibilities, we need to laugh at those impossibilities. This is the laugh of faith. You are no match for our God. That's what he's talking about, the laugh of faith. Well, here, it's singing by faith. It's rejoicing in faith. When faith lays hold of God's promises, it banishes the burden of doubt, and it fills us with joy. And this verse wants us to enter into the joy of living by faith. Now, that's as far as I'll take the theology of that first sentence, but I want to just make a further application before we come to the Lord's table. I can guarantee you that you have impossibilities. You are facing impossibilities. The reason I can guarantee that is because God calls us to constantly live in the realm of the impossible, to love the unlovable, to forgive the unforgivable, to live out the Sermon on the Mount, etc., etc. The things he calls us to do are not what Pharisees can do. Pharisees can pretend to keep God's law, but the depth of what God calls us to really is impossible apart from grace. And the Spirit of God may be reminding you of something this morning that may seem as impossible for you to achieve as it was for Sarah to produce an offspring. Your impossibilities may be emotional in nature or financial or social or something else. And the very fact that you don't think you can do what God has commanded you to do is God's call to faith, not to unbelief. So when you come to the Lord's table, you are professing that you will live by God's provision, you will work by Christ's provision, you will have faith in his provision 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now for many Christians, that's an empty promise. They come here and they make a bold, powerful testimony of living by God's grace when they come to the Lord's table, and then the rest of the week they act as if Christ really is not a part of their lives. And so I would urge you to think of the impossible call that the Spirit has given to you, whether it's sanctification in some part of your life or uh, exercising love in a difficult situation or forgiving and not holding on to resentment, whatever it may be, that you face that impossibility with the laugh of faith this morning or sing the song of faith. Rejoice in faith that God will indeed enable you to do what he has called you to do, and refuse to doubt no matter how long it, God may take in fulfilling that promise. He took quite a long time with uh, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, it was a testing of their faith. But say, Lord, I am 
continuing to believe you on this. I'm going to continue to strive. I'm going to continue to sow seed to your spirit. And you will receive a harvest, is what Galatians promises, if you do not give up. So with that encouragement, let's come to the Lord's table. Father God, we do come to this table uh, realizing many times our pledge of faith uh, in Christ and all that he has provided for us many times is an empty pledge. But I pray that we would come uh, with sincerity, with a renewed faith, uh, the laughter of faith that Abraham had to believe the impossible. And I pray that you would help us more and more to step into the supernatural. And to that end, we pray that you would set aside these common elements to a holy use, and that you would be glorified in our partaking. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.